we're going again on Instagram and on uh, live on Riverside, which is what we use for our Cap Chat Live. It is Tuesday. We're back at it. Um, we got some cool topics. Well, actually, one main, main topic today. It's lunchtime, and uh, we're gonna we have Tyler Tomlinson, who's a head women's soccer coach at Culver Stockton College and a regional cap director. And then we have Steve Axel, Cortland University men's head soccer coach and the regional cap director in the Northeast. Uh, so two of the best looking guys on this call, and uh, but this is a cap. And the topic today is a day in a life of a college coach. So a day in life of a college coach. And this kind of came about, I was at a uh, meeting with some parents. And they brought up, they didn't realize kind of what college coaches do. And I said, well, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. So that's what we're going to do. Thanks for joining. You guys can post questions. Uh, as we go, so we're gonna we're gonna get moving here. On Cap Chat Live. It is Tuesday, November sixth, the year of twenty twenty two. Cap Chat Live. Welcome to Cap Chat. All right, so um. The season's raring. Did you guys play? You guys played over the weekend as well? Steve, I feel like you had two games, or am I making this up? We did have two. How'd it go? Uh, We won 5-2 and 4-0. Nice. So you're no secret, because you can find this online. First game probably didn't go as you you wanted. You regrouped, though, and you fixed it, it seemed. Like, that's that's a... a, not only did you just turn around and win, you just won with some authority there. So good job on that, man. Thanks. Yeah. Shook the tree yeah. a little bit. <laughs> Tyler, did you guys play over the weekend? Yeah, we lost. Okay. So good for you. <laughs> well, it could be a season. Um, well, let's, as with our lunch break here, let's talk about the big thing is kind of a day in the life of a college coach and what they do. Tyler's in AI. Uh, Steve is in CAA Division Three. Uh, I can talk Division Two as well. But um, so let's talk. Let's go two weeks before. So two weeks before students arrive and the the prep that goes into that. Um, so two weeks before students students arrive. Uh, Tyler, what? Let's start with you and. and what date do students arrive, and what are you doing two weeks? What What is happening the two weeks before students arrive on campus? Honestly, like, this is the most clerical um, that our jobs get. And when I say that, I mean we're checking boxes to make sure everything's finished for each athlete. So uh when it comes to that we're talking about making sure that they have their paperwork in for athletic training obviously that's going to be one of the first and foremost things that are important because they have to have their insurance they have to be able to get on the step on the field and play so we're working on that we're making sure that um they're going through the eligibility center uh our clearinghouse um to make sure that they can play in a game against outside competition so that might include making sure 
transcripts are being sent, um, making sure profiles are being filled out. Um, if they're international, making sure they're going through the in-cred process so their GPAs get translated. So honestly, a lot of it from a player's perspective in getting ready is clerical and just making sure that they're doing their due diligence paperwork wise. All this falls on the players or all like when you start talking about eligibility center, I mean, all this, our players have the summer to get this ready, correct? <laughs> they might have more time than that uh, to get this stuff ready. But yeah, it falls on the players because colleges cannot send this information to in our case, the NAIA Clearinghouse. They won't accept it from the college. Um, now the colleges would cheat and bend the rules, but no. it has to come from, it, it can't even come from the players, right? It has to come officially from the high school if it's a transcript, for example. Um, we had a kid up until the last week before, and you know they kept saying, I sent my stuff in, I sent my stuff in, I sent my stuff in, and finally I just asked, is the stuff coming from your email personally or the school's email, their, your high school? And she said, well, it's coming from my email. And she was wondering why it wasn't getting accepted. So it has to be official. Fun. So the two weeks leading up to that. Steve, what, what about you guys? Uh, getting on campus, you, I know you, uh, the three had a little bit later start. Uh, when are you guys, you got on campus, and then what was it looking like for you? Um, the the, the, the buildup to the kids coming on campus. Yeah, pretty much the same. <clears throat> NCA paperwork sounds pretty similar. And then the medical, athletic training, insurance, um, just kind of, there's some new procedures this year. Like NCA put in a sickle cell test mm -hmm. this year that everybody has to have a result for. So paperwork this year was a little bit new, but it's about the same. Two weeks leading up is really just chasing down players, finishing up loose ends and making sure that everybody's good on day one. If you don't have the proper one, if you, you have one box that's not checked, they're not playing. Like, they're, they can't step on the field, right? I mean, yep. as silly as a sickle cell is, I remember sickle cells started coming about uh, three, four years ago. You had to have that to, to try out, and we knew that was going to come in the pipe. And um, So to make sure you don't have sickle cell anemia. Okay. Hmm. So kids, kids move in on Saturday or Sunday. So now kids, kids are, are players are coming back to campus. Are players allowed to come back early? Um, Catholic practice, or you know, if you have a date of August fifteenth as a start, when are players allowed to come back? Uh, kind of on their own. Yeah, you know, a lot of schools um, will allow early move-ins, um, and and then the only you know, things that you can maybe do, once again, if everything is medically cleared, would be strength and conditioning, depending on your division. Um, some schools find ways to say, like, well, we're going to have uh, our, our ID camps or kids camps these weeks right before training. So they move in and they work these camps for the schools, and then they're already there when schools start. Um, some schools allow campus uh, campus work over the summer so you can work on campus and stay on campus. So there are there are different schools that do things different ways. Uh, for us personally, you, if, unless you were li uh, living and working on campus, you know, you're not checking in early. So kids are moving in. E e equipment wise, what do you have to get ready? Like how much equipment is, <laughs> um, I mean, it seems really minor, but 
I mean, most teams have, 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 have you know, training gear, game kit. I mean, shoot, what, what all do you have to get ready for a player just for check-in night? Like, here's your gear or, you know, what does that process look like? For us, our equipment manager handles all of that, so it doesn't really fall on us. Um, but <clears throat> their job would be full training kits, um, all the game kits they take care of, uh, pants, hoodies, jackets, tops, sneakers, shoes, cleats. Like they, but our equipment manager does all of that, so that doesn't really fall on our our desk. Oh, do you have an equipment manager? <laughs> yeah, his name's yeah. Tyler. <laughs> yeah, uh, we we do have like student assistants and stuff, but you know, you I have to have all that stuff ready before they get there, basically. Yeah, our final like five yeah. days was just we didn't have equipment manager division. We, we had someone do laundry uh, some of the times, but we did our own laundry for the game. Just no, we had to get all that ready for them in that division too. We we was uh, we had to get everything ready for them lined up so when they showed up, it would here's your stuff. Um, you know, goodness gracious, if it wasn't perfect and it was off, you know, but. Well, also, man, and Steve probably knows this too, like gathering gear as a soccer coach right now is, is a tough, tough gig. Um, you know, like Nike's got everything back ordered yeah. all the time. So if you're not six, seven months ahead of the game and ordering your gear, you, you either might not have it or you're going to have to settle for something different you know and so it's it has been a challenge to to we just got i think we finally now just now have like all of our stuff i would th- and we played four games it's normal with with because the fiscal year resets in july normally is that was it the same for you guys yeah yeah we put our orders in in march though and there's still i mean there's still some pieces back ordered hmm. that's crazy yeah I, mean, I remember dealing with it so Moving day happens day one of so now you got preseason. What's your days look like? I guess what is what does your preseason look like, and what's your days look like during preseason? Man, I you know I, I being on campus before everyone else, it's important and I think imperative that the days are full. So, you know, we will train and then we will we will eat and then we will have a meeting uh, and then we will train again and then we will eat again and then we will have like a, a team activity and then you'll go to sleep. And that's pretty much your days with us for like the first five days, if not seven to eight days, like that's that's your schedule. Um you know, and some parents, I, I even, I talked to a parent this year that was like, well, wow, like they're with you the whole time. And I'm like, wow, yeah. You know, what do you, I don't want them doing other things. Like this is what they're here to do right now. So they are with us the whole time. Um, and that was kind of a, a little bit of a shock. Like, oh man, I didn't think the schedule was going to be like this. And so I think it's a good thing. And, and the kids end up liking it, you know. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, it's the same thing. I kind of equate it to it's just a soccer camp just with your college team. And it feels like that. Like you wake up, everybody eats together, sleeps together, eat, I mean, everything. Like meetings, there is no like downtime really in preseason. So it does feel like a soccer camp 
on the college campus. And you're just traveling kind of to and from everything all together as a group. Um, yeah, I mean, they're definitely really long days, both for coaches and for players. So I think the trouble with, with the coaches is the players get to end the day and, you know, they're done and coaches get to end the day and they still have a family too, that they're trying to manage and, you know, be present for. So preseason is preseason or long days. Well, and Steve, I know you, and you guys both have kids. Um, and so, you know, during, during preseason week, are your kids in, in, in school or what's, what's your kid's status during that time? No, our school, actually our kids first day of school was today. Wow. Here in New York. So we go like three weeks where our kids still think it's summer break and, you know, Heidi is the women's coach here. So we're both in, 13, 14 hour work days and kids still think it's summer break. So it's a tricky time of year for it's us. It's a challenge. And, and so when people say, well, you know, the coach at Cortland didn't respond to my email. Yeah, he's home cleaning up vomit from from, from his daughter after a 12 hour day of, of, of boys not turning their stuff in. How's Yeah, early to mid August is a terrible time to email college coaches, that's for sure. So, what after preseason week though? It, it, does it does it get to some sort of normalcy, or what is so now preseason's over and you kind of get, you know, your preseason games. Now you kind of hit your regular season, which I know we're everyone's in regular season now. How does your how does your day to day change during a regular season? Does it go normal, or is it still just pure chaos? <laughs> You know, I, I think there's more of a normalcy that sets in. Um, I mean, even in between that, you're going to have, like, freshman orientation, right? So there's other things that they have to get uh, accustomed with uh, collegiately away from athletics uh, in that in-between time. And then classes start. So then there's normalcy with the schedule because you have classes. Uh, and then regular season starts. The biggest change, I think, for for us, and I assume most teams, is – Trainings turn into, um, you know, more more periodization. So you're looking at game prep for a certain opponent and what they're going to be doing. You're playing a game. You're recovering. Then maybe you can do a, a, a more aggressive um, session, and then you're going back into game prep. So it, it, it becomes more periodized. Periodized? Periodization. Um to try to make sure that everything is routine with your team. So you play, so you, you kind of preseason, you're getting fit, kind of get that. And now you start preparing for game one and then whatever happens is game one. You, you're now reviewing game one to fix what happened in game one. Simultaneously preparing for game two. So how, I mean, how much film Steven in a week now, I know you got like equipment managers and all this fancy stuff, but how much how much game film are you guys as a staff watching to past game and future games, which nor- sometimes fall within three days of each other? So, how much film are you are you are you watching just just your own game film or your opponent's game film? Um, yeah, both our own we pour over. So, for instance, let's see, last Thursday we played, we kicked off at four. And then we did video with the team after it from about 7.30 to 10.30 at night. Um, so that was like in the moment reviewing because we had games coming up in those next couple of days that we had to fix things even before next day training. 
Um, we did another video clips uh, prior to that second game. And so clips of the other team, clips of us and how the two match up. Uh, and then after that one, again, we're in the hotel for probably four or five hours doing film for next game, previous game, how those two things match up. So I would say film is probably anywhere from like three to five hours a day. Oh, wow. Tyler, same for you guys? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a balance. It's a balance of being able to – I say for me, I spend more time watching the opponents – and then we have to do team film ourselves and try to keep that as tight as possible. Um, everything for me is clipped beforehand. Um, so, you know, it max like 30 minutes for film per session. As a team though. As a team though. Correct. Okay. Now, so you get three to five hours of, of game film already. Um, and then, so while kids are on campus, you are in a sense you're you're in charge. If something goes wrong with one of your players, AD comes to you. Hey Tyler, we had an incident with Susie, or Steve, we had an incident with Johnny. I mean, is that? I mean, you guys are overseeing the lives of twenty to thirty young adults almost twenty four hours a day. Definitely twenty four hours a day. Because one o'clock in the morning, your kids do something stupid. They're calling you, right, to say, "Steve, you, your kid just ran through a brick wall. You got to come down here." Yep. I mean, yeah, I think too that that sometimes the school has to handle things, um, and so we may be at the whim of whatever the school decides. If it, the decision the kid makes involves the campus or the school they're going to have to deal with those ramifications uh, even outside yeah. of soccer, right? If they're, if they're late to practice or, you know, doing things that affect the team, Steve and I have a different approach because that's soccer related, you know? So sometimes those things intersect, sometimes they don't. And, and then do you have to, so now, regular now, do you guys have to oversee study hall hours or, or you get team meetings? So, I'm assuming once season gets started, you're meeting with players individually to say, hey, or hey, coach, why am I not playing? What can I do better? And maybe you're putting together individual plans, and then you got freshman study hall hours. Do you guys have to oversee that as well? We don't do study halls. We used to, <clears throat> but now I've kind of like gone on air on the side of I'm not a babysitter. So uh, we've pushed more of the onus on our kids to just – do their job in the classroom rather than us doing half of their job in the classroom for them. Do you think that? Do you so, think that's easier because you're yeah, at a, taking an approach? That, you got you're at a Division three high yeah. academic. And if you want to go fail out, you can go fail out. It, it, do you think that's it's easier because you know. you're at Division three? It's an academic school necessarily. I would say we're at an athletic school okay. that also does academics. Fair. Okay. And so I'd say it is, it's tough. I mean, they're we're definitely pushing the limits of how much we have them in their sport more than 98% of other division threes. I would think Tyler, what about you guys with, with city hours and team meetings and. Yeah. So uh, we do require study table hours. Um, we do have a get out of study table free card. 
and that's a 3.4 GPA or higher. Um, our school actually works with us. So our kids check in and check out with their student ID card so they can go on their own time, which is really helpful. So then I don't have to do like Wednesday at seven, everyone has to study because what if you don't have any yeah. study at that time? So I know, but I know some teams do it that way still and prefer it that way. And I understand that way as well. Now you, you have, if a kid misses class multiple times, professor reaches out to you and now you got to deal with that. Yeah. So on our campus, the football team actually requested that we get attendance reports every week for the, for them. And then they just did it for all sports. So like I just got mine today from last week and it, any kid that's tardy or unexcused or anything, I see all of it. Uh, so that's really helpful. Um, and I don't know if every school is like that, but it's helpful. Steve, same for you. No, we have, um, we should have a full-time athletic tutor that just works with only athletes, like an academic coordinator. So they're a little bit more responsible for at-risk kids than we are. Um, but I mean, we both kind of tag team it. Obviously we both have a vested interest in the kids doing well, but uh, in terms of like weekly reports and things like that, we don't get those. So who's managing travel? So you guys got an away game. I'm assuming your school rents the bus for you, but the itinerary, when we leave, where we're getting food. I mean, cause everything has to be planned out to a, to a T, especially with young adults. Cause if there's any wiggle room, they're going to find something. Um, so are you guys setting those agendas when you travel? Because you're, when you're on travel, you're on you're on guard even more so, especially with I think with young with with young women that there's a different fear factor there. But how's travel work for you guys? Yeah, we manage our own travel coordinator. <laughs> no, we manage our own travel in house. Yeah. So that. Itineraries, food, meals, all so, that. So, I mean, before you guys leave, you're leaving on a Thursday. You spend the day before just prepping for, you know, you got that time yeah, making so sure you. In, in today's in today's world, it's tough because you're you're trying to find like a restaurant to actually accommodate you. Yeah. And like 2018, everybody wanted your money. 2022, it's like, man, we don't really want to put together 30 sub sandwiches. No, thank you. Like, I literally dealt with that the other day. Uh, we couldn't find a place that would just give us food, you know, on the way to our to our game in St. Louis. So it's crazy. That's the same thing with hotels. Um, you just have to try to figure out who's going to accommodate your group. Um, and that's one of the biggest challenges right now. The itinerary scheduling is, is, isn't as hard as you would think. But just trying to figure out where you're going to go and where you're going to stay is, is tough. Interesting. Yeah, we've contracted out a company that does our hotels for us for men's soccer. Um, so they find, but we do that probably five or six months in advance. Yep. And then meals we're doing, like for instance, this weekend we're away down in Maryland, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and so we're already doing meals for them today. And kids, because we did, and I, it was a pain, but. We'd send out a Google form to all the girls in advance. Hey, this weekend we're going to eat Firehouse Subs on Friday, Subway here, Jimmy John's here. Give me your order. And that way we'd send it in. Now, then I spend half my time 
going, hey, you haven't put your order in. And part of me goes, okay, I'm just not going to let them eat. But then they're like, you can't do that because then you got a kid not eating. So you got to track them down. I swear I spent five hours a week just tracking kids down to get their food order. Hey, we know if you if the group me poll expires and you haven't voted, you're getting turkey. Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's pretty funny, actually. Because the, fr- the freshman will freak out and be like, I didn't get my vote in on the poll. Oh, my God, I don't get to eat. And I'm like, no, you get turkey. Oh, okay. Thanks, Coach. Thanks. That's cool. That's cool. I think group me polls. Hi, so, so, Tyler, you guys communicate through group me. Steve, how do you guys communicate? We use Basecamp for our yeah. team. And our athletic trainers, you know, team positions and academic people, everybody is on for our team. So that's kind of like our central communication for us. So now you got just the flow of season happening. And then you got influxes. Now you got to deal with recruitment. How do you you fit time in? I mean, you're already watching three to five hours of game film a day sometimes. And you got the travel. And when you're on the road, it's not like you get a ton of work done because you got 30 young adults that you're trying to make sure don't step in front of traffic. And um, do you, how do you guys manage recruitment this time of year? I'm pretty fortunate. I've got an unbelievable assistant coach that, uh, I just forward all recruiting emails to him and he is phenomenal at it. So he does a really great job. So that's, especially in season, that's something that kind of comes off of my plate a little bit. Um, and I'll work with our top kids still in terms of just communicating day in and day out, but in terms of identifying new players for future classes, I don't have a big hand in that in the fall. So if you're trying to go to Cortland and you don't work with Steve, you're not a top recruit. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a tough balance um, because at this point, and maybe it's different from the women's game, but you're really trying to make sure your recruit classes is shirt up already. You know, it's like we're we're or 2023 commits are are coming in and. That's kind of my first priority. If I had to prioritize recruiting is to get those kids lined up and ready to go. Um, and then, you know, I, I make it a priority to call or text like one to two recruits every day. Uh, that's just my priority. Um, so that keeps the flow open. Um, but, yeah, email, uh, sometimes you can get behind a little bit, I suppose. Uh, but, I, you know, you do your best to, to respond quickly. Hmm. Yeah, that's um, yeah, that's 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 a lot happening there. You're right, because you come in the fall, you want to make sure. Okay, I want to make sure my next 2023 is 80 percent completed. If if I go into this fall and do nothing, I at least can field a team next year. And then you have the after season rush that goes. Okay, now I got to get some this last minute things firmed up. Um, because yeah, it's tough to get and watch games now. And I don't know. And this is not. I'm not. I know we pick on C for all his amenities, but what is the – Steve, how lucky are you to have a full-time assistant? Is that normal up in your guys' conference or how – because I know I'll just – I'll just Division two. like I so I was part-time assistant. And I know like Missouri S&T, they don't have an assistant. So I don't know how normal that is for like in your conference – it's pretty normal in our conference. It's not. We're probably we're definitely in the halves 
not the have nots in our conference. Uh, but I'd say in the Northeast, um, our conference, and then maybe the three or four other marquee conferences in the Northeast, it's pretty standard. Tyler, what are you guys seeing? Um, I would say the minority of teams probably have a full-time assistant wow. coach in our conference. Um, the majority have part-time or graduate assistants only. And, and you can do that, I guess, if you're in a bigger city. Like if you're in St. Louis, they can supplement it with a club team. Yeah, so there are advantages to those schools that are in bigger cities that can – and even then you could have maybe one more part-time coach or a volunteer coach because you're in a bigger city. So there are advantages, obviously, for those staffs. Wow. So, there, I mean, there, there's programs that are – it's just them in a nutshell, trying to do all the recruitment and everything. They don't have a travel coordinator. Um, now, yeah. In this, do you guys have on-campus – requirements the last question then we're gonna call today but um like are you are you required to be there from nine to five or tyler i think you used to teach a class or do you have to serve lunch oh. like do you guys have yeah your campus says you need to do this usually that's dependent upon your athletic director um so I guess in that sense, I'm lucky that I don't have an athletic director that micromanages and tells me that I have to be in the office from this many hours every single day. Um, yeah, I, I teach, I teach like I, I'm required to teach six credit hours a year, which is just two classes ultimately, because classes are three credit hours. So those, uh, I do have to be at class, I guess, as a requirement. Um, but yeah, I don't know, Steve, what's your situation? We're the, yeah, we're the same. I, I have a an athletic director that's amazing. He's not a micromanager. Um, he's a guy that if you're not in your office and you're not doing well, you're going to hear about it. <laughs> but as long as you're doing your job and, you know, there's a lot of trust in our department that everybody's pretty type A and is very driven. And, you know, even if you're not directly in your office at any given moment, you're probably still working. So, hmm. well. 12.45, it's lunch break about over. Um, we, uh, It's been the day in the life of, of, of a college coach. So I will end on, I guess, one final question for each of you guys. We've heard your lives, it's crazy. you got kids at home and you travel and food. And, and what is the best way now? If, I, if I'm now trying to reach you, can I – What's the best way for me as a recruit to stand out in the in the midst of all this chaos that's happening? It, how, how do you stand out above everyone else? And I know that's a long-winded answer, but you could give like one or two quick things, like because now we understand why it's hard to stand out because you guys are you guys are <laughs> just barely surviving and hoping to see your kids. Steve, what do you got? Yeah, I would say, I mean, email gets a little spammy now. I mean, I think. You know, there's emails that definitely slip through the cracks, even when coaches are really diligent and they're trying their best at emails to stay on top of it. Um, I like kids that just show up to your ID clinic and they're like, look, I'll come to your campus. I'll come. Like, how can I come and play in front of you? The kids that have that mindset of, you know, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to come and play in front of you, whether that's going to a showcase that you're at, going to your school for an ID clinic or a camp, like basically the ones that are open-ended and say, Hey coach, what works best for you? How can I get in front of you? Um, those are the ones that tend to get in front of us. 
right? And like, you can't get recruited unless you get in front of the college coaches. And so the kids that are able to just remove all those barriers and say, look, you tell me, what's your best method? How do I, how do I get attracted here? Uh, those are the ones that have success getting in front of us. A follow-up question there. So if they're coming on campus, watch a game, you'll probably make time to talk to them afterwards, unless you just got annihilated, ate nothing. But for the most part, hey, I'm, I, you know, thank, thanks for taking the time, Coach. You're going to at least say hi to them. That, that, that says a lot. It's funny. I have a really funny recruiting story when I was a recruit. This is maybe a minute story. So uh, I visited a school. Coach really liked me. He said, hey, come to a game. And we'll talk after. We're going to meet after. I'll show you the school after the game. And so I show up. I go to the school, watch the game. Uh, and I was a goalkeeper. So during the game, it's 0-0. Last minute of the game, their goalkeeper, the team that I'm watching, uh, slips. It's like a rainy, oh. kind of muddy day. Slips, ball goes in the goal. Uh, and he's an old English coach, like hard-nosed coach, hard-ass kind of guy. Um, and so after the game, I gave him some time and I went and kind of found him. I was like, hey, you know, I'm Steve. I'm the recruit here to meet with you. And he just tore into me like up and down. I don't have effing time to meet with recruits right now. We just lost this game and just totally like went off the rails. And me, even at 17, I was like, well, I'm a goalkeeper. And it seems like you're pretty not pleased with your goalkeeper. So here I am. And he still had no time for it. So. I didn't go to that school. <laughs> that's a good response, though. I just saw your goalkeeper duffing. Yeah, I was like, I don't know. It seems like that's the position that that was. If there's anybody you're going to meet with right now, I I would take Look this one. Look at me, but... Coach. I'm going to do shuttles and not slip. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's crazy. That's funny. That, that, that's, yep. It is a tough thing. I know it, it's because I know we on campus, and it's in lose – and you see some recruits, and they're just like terrified. I'm like, so I have to come up. And, hey, it's okay, it's okay. We just, um, yeah, yeah, that's funny. Tyler, one thing for you uh, how do, how do we how do we stand out during this crazy time of year? I had a similar story. Like, I I watched a team, and I thought like, man, neither neither one of these teams are great. Like, I can come into this level and I'll play. And the coach told me right at – I met with the coach after the game, and he's like, well, we return most of these guys next year, so you probably won't play much. I just want to get that out in the open. And I'm like – I think I responded with like, yeah, I would. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm not – like, Josh knows me. Like, I, I, I'm not really like a cocky guy. I like just going around talking about how great I am all the time. So that would, was very u- unique for me. But I just saw the level. Like, I know I can yeah. play here. Like, you obviously don't know me, man. Uh, so that's great that we both had those weird – that was me as a recruit in high school, so that was funny. Um, yeah, so Steve, Steve hit it on the head with being proactive. That's great, right? Um, and I would even say the opposite, be responsive, right? So not only should you be proactive and, and, and go to the things and do the things, and the more – you know, I have a kid that, that we're recruiting. She's a junior now, and she's just great. She, she gives me like once a month updates on, on maybe a new highlight film or where she's going. She knows what our team's doing, um, has visited, attends our things that we have. Um, and, and I just always know about her. And so like her name's just, just always there. Right. Um, but that's being proactive. The reactive side of things is, you know, make sure you're responding to these coaches, especially if you are interested in that school. Right? And that's a big, that's a big challenge that I think we're really fighting as college coaches is that, that it has to be a give and take both ways. And probably especially this time of year, because if you're, I'm not saying this like jokingly, 
But if you guys are taking the time to reach out to recruit now, that's a, probably a, a, a one of your one of your top recruits. Because of everything happening, like Steve said, like I, I'm going to reach out to my top recruits. Tyler's like, I'm going to try to respond to one or two. And that, if you got two a day, do the math. That's 14 a week. And if you're 15th on the line, you may not hear from Tyler. But if, if they're taking the time during the season to reach out to you. There, there, there's something special for you, and whether you're interested or not, I think it, it, it's you're a high level recruit for them. So, hmm. all right. Well, this has been lunch break. Um, my Miss Pac-Man machine's calling me, and uh, gonna go get my get my lunch break fixed at Miss Pac-Man in. And um, so, but yeah, that's uh, that's what we got, guys. This has been Cat Chat Live on Instagram. 